This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger, and with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. at sleeper.com SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all our free picks and podcasts. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. I hope you're enjoying your uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, if you're hearing me doing all of the ad reads, uh, I'm riding solo. Currently, Boston Capper is somewhere down in Universal Studios. I don't know. Maybe he's a Harry Potter world trying to cast some spells with the, uh, the wand he got. Maybe use that in order to try and steer uh, the Colonial uh, tournament this week to you know to kind of cash and bets. I don't know. Hopefully, he can actually put a spell on Scotty Scheffler to uh, choke today. I have Patrick Reed at 101. He's like I think four back. It's probably not going to come through. Um, I know I got a couple other positionals that are live. You probably will be hearing this uh, after the completion of the tournament. So. And about that too, you know, because it's Memorial Day weekend, you guys probably don't want to spend an hour just listening to me talk about something. This is going to be kind of a condensed podcast. Uh, I put out my article actually about 10 minutes ago with pretty much everything I already uh, talked about in there. We're going to summarize that. And I'm going to expand a little bit more on some things I didn't actually get to in the article as far as what you want to look for this week. Uh, so we're going to first take a couple ad breaks first, and then we'll get right into it. So before I get into the tournament, you know, why don't we talk about win bet? And if you make sure to get down to wins bets, $50 win $200 promotion, where $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 of free bets. Plus, WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. The match is also coming to win. We're going to have a special episode on Monday breaking down the match. Uh, I also have a column coming out, too. You know, some of my picks and some of their props as well. Uh, right now, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are minus 200 uh, with all due respect to my co-host. That's insanity. Uh, Brady is an eight handicap. Aaron Rodgers is a four handicap. Why the hell are you laying minus 200 juice on them? But that's saved for my other podcast. We'll break it down for other that. So yeah, I mean, I'm WinBet. You can bet that. And you can bet so much more. There's a lot to choose from. All you have to download, do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com and get started today. Upper subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And let's all talk about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league out there. Why don't you go try Sleeper? They have a great user interface, a lot of great features too. You can seamlessly transition from like ESPN to Yahoo. Put it all on Sleeper. And it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can also make money on Sleeper, too, by playing the new over-under game. It's very simple and easy to do. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, let's say you think Jason Tatum tonight is going to have more than 26 points. You can set that over-under, and you can bet how much money you want. And if you pick correctly, then you can win anywhere from 2x to 20x your money that you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under Sleeper is that the only app where I can actually join these contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks. Tap a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together and talk trash and you know just give people crap as far as you know, 
bad bets and your great bets and all that stuff. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play either new overrunner game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. All right, with that said, let's do a Cliff Notes version of the Memorial Tournament preview. So let's talk about the field first. Uh, I think everybody is going to want to talk about, uh, you know, just the victim of circumstances himself, John Rom. Poor John Rom last year. You know, he was leading the tournament by six heading in Sunday. He shot a 64. And then, and I, if you read my article, I posted the, uh, the infamous video. He walks off the green. They tell him he tested positive for COVID. He can't believe it. And, oh, just the bad luck by John Rom. And listen, that was bad luck. I will give him that. Um, he, I mean, look, we have seen guys blow four or five, six shot leads this year. Uh, hello, Daniel Berger at the uh, Honda Classic. So it wasn't a guarantee he was going to win, especially at a penal golf course like Mirfield Village. But it looked like he was going to win his second memorial. He ended up having to withdraw uh, in his place. It actually became a very entertaining Sunday. Uh, yeah, Patrick Cantlay, Kyle Morkow, and Scheffler kind of duking it out at the end. Um, Patrick Cantlay would be more Morikawa in the playoff. Uh, but I know after this that basically it was just narrative street with Rom because the next time he played was the U.S. Open. You know, the Torrey Pines, a place he always did well at. Um, and I know people just bet the narrative. One of my co-host, even though it's 10 to 1, and a hit, and they shoved it in everybody's faces, including mine, stuffed me in a locker. So there you go. So, you know, this year we're probably going to get the other redemption story. I'm sure they're going to Flashback to last year, Rom is going to be a central feature in this coverage, especially on at least Thursday, Friday. You know, uh, probably over the weekend too. Even if he isn't in contention, there are there. It, it was a very main, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a very mainstream story when this happened. So expect a lot of John Rom in your face this week. Uh, sorry, Jeff Nagel. Sorry, Andy Lack. But you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, some other nobles in the field. I already mentioned Patrick Cantlay. He's a two-time winner of the Memorial. Uh, Kyle Morikawa, who won the Workday Challenge at Murfield Village uh, back in the COVID year, lost the playoff last year. You got Rory McIlroy, has been very good here. Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Will Zalatoris, uh, and then a host of other uh, big names. It, it's it's a great field. It's one of the uh, elevated status events on the PGA Tour. A lot of money on the line, so this is some this is one where you definitely want to make sure you do well. You're one and done. Uh, even finishing second and third is going to yield a high payout for you. Uh, it's going to cut, you know, I, I know it seems like there's a lot of golf left, but there actually isn't. I think there's maybe only 13 tournaments left. Um, there, we got two majors, we got the FedEx cup, but otherwise, like if you haven't made a move yet and one and done, you got to do that. And you got to make sure that, you know, you maintain your position if you're high up. So go to my article, you click the full field and go see it. All right, let's talk about the golf course. So, um, Murfield Village. So this is a Jack Nicholas design. Uh, some other ones he's done. He's done PGA West. He's done uh, Sherwood Country Club, uh, which had um, what was it called? The Zozo one year during the during the uh, COVID when we couldn't go over to Korea. Uh, Valhalla, Glen Abbey, which is was a uh, a site for the Canadian Open. Uh, I think last year's Irish Open on the European Tour that was also a Jack Nicholas. Um, I think Glen Eagles, uh, where they had the 2014 Ryder Cup. Don't quote me on this, but I think that also was Jack Nicholas too. So listen, Jack Nicholas is a very famous golf course architect. I mean, unfortunately right now, uh, his own architecture company is suing hit the pants off him because I guess Jack tried to get in bed with the Saudis and his company basically blocked that. 
And I think they're suing Jack now for, uh, I don't know. They're the lawsuits out there. You probably go look just a bunch of rich people selling, suing each other. So anyways, as far as this tournament though. So after the 1966 open championship, Jack Nicholas won at Murfield, uh, over in Scotland, he was able to complete the grand slam. So what he wanted to do at that point, he wanted to build just an oasis of golf in his hometown of Columbus, Ohio. So he bought a large piece of, piece of land, uh, and he needed Murfield Village. So construction started out in 1966, but it wasn't open until 1974. And a big reason for that was they want he wanted to actually build, like, as what's in the name, a village, a big community where people can buy homes, uh, live on the property, become members of the golf course too. I mean, that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest reasons why, like, obviously he wanted to build a great golf course, which, you know, he did in some respects, but this was a, basically a real estate transaction. You want to sell a lot of big homes to some, you know, rich people in Columbus. So, and there's some big names who are, uh, members here, you know, uh, Jason Day has, is a member of Murphy Village. He actually has a home, I think outside Columbus where I think there was a YouTube video series that. Uh, showed his house there. Urban Meyer, although I'm not sure if Urban Meyer is actually a member there anymore uh, since he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, a lot of the members of Columbus Blue Jackets live there. A lot of, a lot of the rich, famous people do there. As far as the golf course itself, uh, Murphy Village is one of the, it's, it's a very well-conditioned golf course. Everything's immaculately maintained. Um, you know, Jack wanted to basically create conditions similar to that Augusta National. Now, there's some key differences that we'll talk about later. Uh, but under optimal tournament conditions, everything is just pristine. Lush Kentucky bluegrass and ryegrass rough, perfectly manicured bent grass and uh, bent grass and boa fairways, fast undulating bent grass greens, uh, a lot of water hazards, a lot of clean like white sand bunkers too. It looks great, at least you know just optics wise. So. I think the biggest thing you want to think about and consider when handicapping this tournament, though, is that the golf course underwent a big change uh, before after the 2020 Memorial. So that was one by John Rahm. That was the one where uh, they played it two weeks in a row. They had the Workday Charity Open that was a little easier Memorial, and then they just baked the course out because they knew that Jack Nicklaus was going to basically just take a bulldozer to the thing. And just rip it all apart afterwards. They didn't care what happened. So they they push it to the limit. They stressed the greens. They baked it out. It was firm. It was fast. It's actually a very entertaining memorial. Uh, that was one by John Rahm. And then they gave the course a big facelift. So uh, in my article this week, uh, I actually have a link to the memo that they sent all the players and caddies uh, basically outlining all the changes. And you, it's, it's a six, seven, eight page document. You can go read all the changes yourself. But here's the main takeaways of what happened at Murfield Village. So I think the biggest highlight is uh, all the greens were transitioned to a new grass. Uh, so kind of like what we saw, like, and, I, and if you listen to my major podcast with uh, Andy Lack, um, I described how over the years, Oak Hill East over here, had it was it, it started off as bent grass greens, then just because of all the trees, some poa, oh, uh, some poa got mixed in there too. It became kind of bent poa mixed green. Same thing here in Murfield Village. Started out as a bent grass, you know, green golf course. Some poa got mixed in. They end up resurfacing all the greens uh, last year, and now they're just pure bent grass. 
So they also have uh, sub-air installed underneath all the green surfaces. That is for moisture control. It's also for temperature control as well. You can basically just put the vacuum in reverse, and it pumps a bunch of cool air into the roots. So if it gets hot in Columbus, the greens can stay perfect. Uh, almost every green was recontoured and reshaped. Um, the only greens that weren't altered were on holes number 12, 13, 14, 17. All those greens just made the same. Same. Also, all the fairway bunkers and greenside bunkers were reshaped and recontoured to and repositioned. Um, and they also added new tee boxes. So, and some greens were also repositioned too. I think I know the first green was repositioned um, to create some more yardage. I know, I think the 15th that I'll talk about a little bit, that has a new green. I think that was shifted around too. Uh, a lot of greens were actually... Uh, shift around to bring them closer to water hazards too. And by doing so, they end up adding about 100 yards of distance in the scorecard. I'm sorry, I'm sniffing, by the way. I, I, I have allergies. I mowed the lawn and everything. So just bear with me during this process. Um, anyways, the routing is the same, but it's longer. The greens are a little tougher to put on because they're a little more undulated. They're now bent grass. Um, and they end up positioning a lot of greens closer to the water, basically a little more penal. And, you know, a big reason why Jack Nicholas tried to do this was he wasn't really happy that uh, the governing bodies just don't seem very interested in doing anything as far as not controlling distance. You know, we've seen exploding distances in golf because of advancements in golf technology and these guys just better fit and everything. So he decided to take it in his own hand. He basically wanted to create, make it tougher, make it more penal for these guys. Um, and you know, and, and like he ended up doing that in holes three, five, nine, 15, all those greens were repositioned to bring them closer to the creeks and water hazards to make the approach that a little tougher. Uh, number 15, I think had the biggest change though. So that used to be, a, it, it's a pretty tough part five. I think that was also the, the whole, the whole where the, uh, Bryson's infamous 10. Uh, so what happened was it basically, uh, from the tee box, you had to play uphill to like an elevated shelf fairway, and then it was back downhill to the green. What they have to do is they lowered the fairway by about the 10 to 15 feet. Now you can actually see the pin from the green. Um, the trade-off, though, was they had new bunkers about 285, 320 out to basically make it, uh, you know, you basically have to make hit the fairway. You can't just hit it anywhere. So uh, overall, I mean, if you go look at my article, excuse me, there are a lot of changes that were made to the golf course. Uh, if you want more detail, go look at the memo. Uh, I think the biggest question, though, is did this thing, did the changes actually make it tougher? Did it change how it played? Do you now want to look at different players? We're going to take another break, and I will give you that answer. All right. Let's talk about Athletic Greens. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special brand of greens supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, everything. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than the cold brew habit that you got. Uh, AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So to make it easier... Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All I have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
And lastly, we're brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, the Chinese, the Russians, all those guys that want to basically steal your data. So that's why I use IPVanish. It makes it easy to start a truly private and secure uh, internet connection. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. It means that your private details like passwords, your communications, routing history, and more will be completely shielded by, from falling to the wrong hands. And your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed. Your computers, your tablets, phones, everything. Uh, even your fire stick if you want to do that. You know, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go anywhere anymore without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 7% savings at IPVanish.com SGP. All right. So let's go over betting strategies. So I left a little cliffhanger of if did these changes that they made to uh, Murphy Village actually do anything? They make it tougher, they make it easier to change the profile of guy you want to target. And the short answer is not really. It pretty much played the same, at least last year. So the so since 2015, the average score in Murphy Village is about like 0.75 to about a stroke over par. Uh, last year played about a stroke over par. So it's kind of like every year with Murphy Village, what happened last year after the changes, where it's scorable if you're playing well. If you're hitting the ball straight, you're hitting greens, you're hitting irons well. It's definitely a golf course that, you know, you could score at. You can at least get par at. It's not impossible. Um, last year, you know, the winning score technically was minus 13 by Patrick Cantlay. It was John Rahm. Probably would have been about 18 under, maybe 15 under if he dropped back a little bit on Sunday. So it kind of played the same. Like, it also is a golf course, too, that if you clearly don't have it, if you're spraying it everywhere off the tee, if you're not hitting greens, that rough is very penal there. There's also a lot of water hazards you can hit it into. You know, it's it's gonna it's going to punch you in the face. And we saw that with a couple of players last year that just ejected because they just didn't play well. You know, Mirfa Village, one of the great things about it, it definitely separates the guys who have it and the guys who don't. You know, it's you're not going to get any fakers here. Basically, I'll play four really good days if you want to win. Yeah, if you don't, if you show up with your, it, without your best stuff, you know, hello, Bryson Shambo, you're not going to do well. And if you look at the guys who did well last year, the, who are the three best guys of the weekend? John Rahm, Patch, Cantley, Kyle Morikawa. All of them are foreign winners at, at Murphy Village anyways. So despite the changes, basically the past course studs end up rising to the top anyways. And just in general with the field, just look at some field stats. You know, I mean, Murfield Village, you tend to club down a little bit because it's definitely more of a positional golf course sometimes. It also has a little bit wider fairways as well. And especially if, if they receive a lot of rain. They can play a little wider. So uh, the field hit 70% of their fairways last year. That's about what it's always been in Murfield Village. Um, guys struggled around the green. Last year, it was one of the toughest uh, uh, golf courses to score if you found yourself from around the green. That's similar with historical patterns in Murfield Village. 
Uh, there was a lot of penalties that were levied at Smurfville Village last year. Same as what it is usually. So overall, I think it's pretty. It's safe to look at just course history in general. You don't have to change your approach as far as like who you want to target. Like guys who have done well at Murfield Village in the past are going to continue to do well because it just fits their eye. Even if some greens change, the fundamental basics of this golf course do not change. Hey, the only other thing to consider is the change where some guys are hitting approach shots from. A little. Uh, so if you look at the 2021 approach shot distribution, kind of compare it to um, ones of the past. There was more. It seemed like there were longer approach shots in 2021, especially over 250 yards. Uh, that's probably just from lengthening the golf course a little bit. Uh, typically, about 10% of their shots uh, historically came from about 250 plus. Then it jumped up to 16 last year. Uh, there also was a little bit of a shift, uh, de- a little bit of a de-emphasis from on approach shots 150, 175. But overall, though, nothing really much changed. There's always been a premium like hitting, you know, the 175 to 200 yard shot very well. I think a lot of their par threes at Murfield Village are in that range, like they're around like 185 or so. So a lot of shots are from that range. Um, so, you know, you basically can, I'm pretty confident looking at this approach shot distribution chart from last year and just rolling it with it again this year. So now that we kind of laid out that there was some little changes to approach shots, but fundamentally just how you attack this golf course and how it played didn't really change. So what type of golfer do you want to look for? And Murphy Village is always lumped in with Augusta National. You know, I think it's just low-hanging fruit to see that, like, okay, you know, a guy like Tiger Woods plays well. He's won, what, Murfield Memorial, like, nine times? He's won Augusta five times? Always easy to make that connection between the two. Um, but there's a couple key differences as far as guys who tend to do pretty well at Augusta versus guys who tend to do pretty well at Murfield. So let's start with off the tee. Uh, at Augusta National, there is a huge premium on guys who basically hit it a long ways. Uh, and drive actually doesn't really matter a whole lot there, just because it's about an inch and a half rough. It's so pretty easy to get you know solid contact on it. Um, you know, it's gonna be harder to hold greens, you're not gonna be able to get close to a pin. But it's not a situation in Augusta where you know you're basically hacking out and you're gonna be short, like 40 yards short of the green. That's not the case in Murfield Village. The, the, the ryegrass rough is very thick there. You get a bad lie, you're hacking out. You probably got to, you know, have like a 70-yard shot in for your third. Um, it's definitely not something you want to be in. Um, the fairways are also a little wider too. So it's a golf course that an accurate guy can go to and say, okay, I have a lot of room to navigate because I hit more fairways. I'm going to be an advantage of a guy who is going to try and pull driver and it's going to hit the rough. So, I mean, there's a huge advantage to hitting from the fairway at Murfield Village. So driving accuracy is definitely, guys who tend to be more accurate off the tee, hit more fairways, tend to do better here. There's a higher correlation of those guys towards the top of the league. And we'll go through some of the names later. We tend to do well here. You'll notice that trend. Uh, another thing, too, is... Um, it seems like the greens at Murfield Village are so difficult. You know, they're so undulated. They're so fast. 
that guys are just putting defensively at the golf course. And it kind of means that the guys who tend to do pretty well in Murphy Village, it's a wide variety of ranges as far as skills of putting. You know, for example, Patrick Cantley, generally a pretty good putter, does really well in Murfield Village. Steve Stricker, Matt Kuchar, both those guys pretty good in Murphy Village. And then you got the other extreme. You have Hideki Matsuyama, who's won here. Terrible putter, generally. Kyle Morikawa, who has won in Murfield the workday and also finished runner-up last year. Terrible putter. Putting should not be something you look at this week. In fact, you actually might be able, might want to elevate a guy who tends to struggle with his putter, and maybe that costs him in other places, but because he's such a good ball striker, such an accurate ball striker, and just such a great scrambler and everything, even if he, he, it might suit his game. You know, maybe target guys who putt well at Augusta National historically or on fast bentgrass surfaces. That's something to re- maybe consider this week. Um, yeah, so putting should not be looked at. In fact, I might actually pick a guy because he's a bad putter, but he's so good at other places, it's just not going to matter as much. Um, but like Augusta National, high premium on approach play, high premium on around the green game. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the areas around the green are some of the toughest in the PG Tour as far as, um, you know, some of the bunkers are well below the putting surface. It's hard to get out of. Um, you know, the rough is very thick, too. you got to have delicate touch to pop it out of the rough. Uh, these greens are really fast, too. Like, you got to kind of consider how, you know, basically how the ball is going to come out of the rough, how it's going to interact with the green once it hits it. Generally speaking, kind of like the Augusta National, if you don't have a good short game, I'm probably not picking you this week. Same thing with iron play. If you don't have a good iron player, I'm probably not going to pick you either. Uh, as far as comp courses go, this wasn't in my article, but I just off the cuff, there's a couple ways to think about it. Uh, you can obviously go for your Jack Nicholas types uh, golf courses, which, you know, that that's reasonable. Um, you know, the ones off the top of my head, you got concession, which only had one tournament back in uh, last year for COVID. Uh, yeah, PJ National host or, of the Honda Classic. Yeah, the Nicholas tournament course, I wouldn't use that because there's no strokes gain data. There's no shot link data there. It's only one round of the Amex. I, I wouldn't use that. Uh, you got Sherwood Country Club, which is, I I mean, I guess thinking about it, Patrick Cantley won that, and John Rahm finished like third, and JT did well there. So even though like that was an easier scoring tournament, I guess the concept of you want to keep in play at Sherwood and hit a lot of fairways, and it was kind of a club down course. Yeah, I guess I can see it. Um, I think you have, uh, what's the Stableford scoring one? I don't even know. Uh, there's the one out in Reno. I wouldn't bother with that one. Uh, anything else I missed? I don't think so. Oh, Glen Abbey, the RBC Canadian one. Eh, I don't know. I, I can't think off the top of my head guys who did really well at both places. So, but I think what I'm going to do though is... On data golf, there you can basically sort by um, golf courses with the highest penalty for missing a fairway. And I actually really like the ones that it comes up with because there's a lot of similarities between a lot of these. And I can definitely think of some crossovers of both places as far as guys doing well at one place and the other. So we're at the bat, Sherwood Country Club, where I just mentioned it's Jack Nicholas. They played one tournament at the Zozo. You had Patrick Cantley, John Rahm. And JT Biden for the win. 
All those guys have success in Murphy Village in one way or the other. I love that cop there. Uh, Shadow Creek Golf Course. That one also has, I guess, some Murphy Village qualities to it. I mean, it's a lush bentgrass golf course with a lot of winding creeks and deep, like, ryegrass gruff off it. But there's pretty wide fairways. You know, that that tournament, too, it kind of had a good mix at the top of, like, really accurate guys, some bombers, stuff like that. I actually like that. And I could consider I the architectural styles of like a Tom Fazio and a Jack Nicholas are pretty similar. So it's kind of like this 1970s, like Parklands, long, thick, rough, you know, mentality that I, you know, I noticed that I look at a lot of Fazio's and Nicholas courses and they're basically kind of the same. So I like that comp. Liberty National, I like that comp too, just because there's a lot of waters, a lot of water and penalties at Murphy Village. Uh, TBC Potomac, that's actually one that I used. Um, I used Murphy Village to handicap for Potomac, and that actually ended up, I actually doing pretty well that week. So I'm going to go back to it again. I think Potomac is a good one because I had narrow. I mean, the fairways are narrower at Potomac, but similar concept, really thick, rough off the fairway, you know, some hazards that if you hit it with basically a penalty, you know, the bentgrass greens too. I like that. Uh, East Lake uh, Concession. That's a Jack Nicholas. Um, let's see. Anything else on this list? Sawgrass. I can see that because there's kind of, you know, seem like that's a mix. That's <clears throat> kind of a club down golf course too, a little bit where you kind of plot around. I can see some similarities too. Uh, TBC Southwind. Yeah, I guess I can see it. I mean, there's definitely a premium from hitting off the fairway there, and and you don't want to be in that uh, that Bermuda rough either. So I think those are some of the golf courses I'm going to look at. I mean, obviously you have Murfield Village, um, a lot of history there you can draw upon. But if you get a guy who maybe only has like one tournament at Murfield, and you know, I mean, the sample size is small, you might want to look at some of these other places if he played in, and if he's been good, you know, that might work for you too. And then lastly, here's the top 10 in the field as far as who's gained the most strokes per round in Murfreeville. So number one, Ryan Palmer. Uh, he only has one appearance at Murphy Village, but it was his runoff finish with John Rahm in 2020. Uh, and I think this is where it started, where anything that's a John Rahm course is a Ryan Palmer course, which has been debunked over and over and over and over. Whatever. Uh, number two, Patrick Cantlay. Obviously, he's very good. Number three, Rahm. Number four, Morikawa. Those were the three best guys in the field last year. Um, I would say those types of players, their biggest strength is all of them are pretty, have a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. All of them really good iron players. Um, I think Cantley's better scrambler than Ron Morikawa, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, like basically, they, I think, I think what links all of them is just how, for how long they hit it, sometimes how many fairways they hit. And they don't get in trouble. Uh, number five, Matt Kuchar, Acker player, good iron player, good scrambler. Number six, Adam Scott, just the quintessential ball striker. You know, back when he was like peak Adam Scott, he was, you know, a guy who hit a lot of fairways, hit everything on a line. Now he doesn't do that as much. Um, but a guy like that, very good. Number seven, Patrick Reed, uh, not an accurate player off the tee, but he's just so good around the greens. I think that's why he's really good at Murfield Village. Does that make sense? Number eight, Xander. You know, kind of similar. Bankrass golf course, tough. You know, he hits a lot of fairways too. That makes sense. Number nine, Matthew Wolf, though. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And number 10, Eric Van Royen. Again, that doesn't make a lot of sense either. That, uh, they only played one tournament, though. 
So maybe this got lucky. This caught fire one week. I wouldn't use the. I wouldn't say that like, oh, well, their inclusion here means bombers. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I think overall, though, I think a lot of these guys just, you know, they hit it pretty straight, generally off the tee. All these guys are pretty good iron players. Most of them are pretty good scramblers too. Kind of what I'm going for this week. All right, that's it. Um, hopefully, I kept this short enough where we can get back to your Memorial Day festivities. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, to talk about DFS picks, we're going to have our special guest, uh, Brian Kirshner, of uh, uh, his show Tap and Birdie. He also writes great DFS columns on Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, we also will have a bonus episode covering uh, props for the match. Right now, I think there's only the uh, the outcome of it that you can bet on, but there's usually things like, you know, like first word said, who goes up first in the match, all that stuff. Uh, we'll break it down there. Uh, so, yeah, I hope everybody has a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you uh, on Monday. 